The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. Uh, it's your boy, AJ, and your girl, Cher Bear. Cheryl Bird. Hey. What up, girl? What and up? Nene. We're back. The Nainerd. We are back. What is up, everybody? How, first of all, how was everyone's Valentine's Day? Was it nice? Oh, it was so romantic. What'd you do? Nothing. Anything? Nothing? <laughs> no, we were at the beach house. It was Matt's birthday a few days ago, and we um, rented a beach house right in like Oxnard area. I didn't even know. I thought Oxnard was like by LAX for some reason. I didn't know it was like a beach area. Yeah, there's a whole harbor there and everything. You were right down the street Ooh, from me. Like, literally like 20 minutes from me. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Oh, I should have called you. I mean, that would have been weird I, you know, for me to be like, yeah. a third, like a third wheel on your Valentine's Day. Like, well, we're going to come hang out with you guys. <laughs> We could have done like a double. Yeah, we went to um, Saddle Peak Lodge. It oh, was, wait, did you move, Renee? Not yet. We keep slowly moving stuff. We just had new floors put in. Uh, we're going to have, um, we'll, we'll be there by the third week of next month, somewhere. That's it will exciting. be fully moved in. So we're super stoked about that. Do you know what but else we, is really exciting? That I'm going golfing with you guys soon. Oh, you are. That's yes. right. We were talking about that. And you can't just drive the cart. Like you actually guess, have guess to what the first thing I did as soon as we confirmed, I looked up clothes. Like what do I need to wear for Well that's important. Yes, a collar. I shirt. actually went to Paige's Instagram account and I was like, Oh my god, she's so cute, but I'm not wearing a mini skirt, so not happening. Look, we're not gonna lie. There's been times AJ and I lay out our clothes the day before. Oh, I do it all so every excited. time we're going to play. And my wife makes fun of me. She's like, what do you eat? I'm like, I like to be organized. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, whatever I lay out, I end up changing three times and going right back to what I started with. 
is that like is it a golf thing like do you guys have fashion no. like is it a no it's not it's not snooty thing it is oh. it is with us or mainly with aj with me, and yeah. he dresses sharp i'm not gonna lie to you and that's why he's launching a uh golf clothing I, line i am launching every a golf week you launch line. something yeah i mean you just finally <laughs> kicked off your whole thing congratulations by the way thanks thank yes. you yeah my dance yes. program thank you uh, yeah, this is going to be fun, man. I just can't wait to see you. Just just addressing the ball is going to be fun. I can't funny. wait to drive. I can't wait for Renee to experience the Cheryl Burke drive. Well, here's the thing. What does that it, even mean? I have a feeling <laughs> what's going to happen is AJ's going to take it out on you for all the torture from like Dancing with the Stars. Oh, no. He's going to be the teacher and you're going to be the student and he's going to hit you with a stick. <laughs> When, when your shoulders aren't where they're supposed yep. to be, when your spine oh, angle isn't where you're frame. supposed to be. There is a frame in golf, my yeah, dear. There is. there is a frame. Okay, whatever. I'm going to have to just whack your head. With, okay, that's a lot. Yeah. And um, we got to videotape this. Oh, no. We yes, have we to. will. Do people still say videotape? Mm, what do I'll bring people my tripod. How about that? <laughs> yeah. 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 What do they say What now? do people say? Film it, right? Yeah, Record. Just film it, just film it with yeah. your iPhone. Film it with your iPhone. Yeah. And iPhone's really good nowadays, you know? It's true. I mean, you can shoot an entire music video. You can do it. I mean, Sex people are, are, are probably doing full-length feature films now with their iPhone. I mean, well, they are. The quality is insane. We shot that thing for you with three iPhones. Yeah, I mean, three. Basically. That's not great. The mu- not the music video, but a showcase, a showcase that he did, yeah. and we shot it with three, um, three iPhones with these the little gimbals and. Mm-hmm. I shot my whole dance program on an iPhone and a Canon, though. But that's from my YouTube channel. Nice. How, tell us about the YouTube channel. Tell us what do well, you Well, it's what, it's called Cheryl Burke Uncensored. So I talk about everything like in detail. So wait, do you censor yourself with us? Mm, kind of. Really? <laughs> wow. We have to that's got to well, change. No, I mean. but like also it's hard to not be, you know, cuz like there's we have a lot going on, so it's like I can't, you know, once I start to think about something inappropriate, I just try to keep it to myself. I I think that's a good quality, though. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, sometimes yeah. maybe we should stick with that. There's definitely been stuff I've said, and I go, "Gosh!" Just as it's leaving my lips, I'm like, "Whoa, that one you should have held on to." <laughs> this is why today, you guys, I'm diamond painting because I'm gonna try and not interrupt one time during this whole show, which is gonna be like I should get a gold star if that happens. But diamond painting, when I diamond paint, here I'm gonna show it to you really quick. When I diamond paint, I'm a great listener all of a sudden. It's really weird. One second. Hold, please. Let's see. This is a Van Gogh. That's awesome. That is. So, okay, honestly, I don't know much about diamond painting. What what, what does that mean? It's It doesn't take a lot of brain power. It's literally, have you ever heard of paint by numbers? Yeah. So it's basically that. So you have a legend. You match. It's so It's so like juvenile of me to do this but it really does help with my anxiety and it's the only way i can actually like if i'm in therapy i'm diamond painting it sounds like a really expensive hobby like no, those are all not real, real diamonds. diamonds they're resin they're resin <laughs> i think it's cool i mean i've seen some of the stuff that you've done and it's phenomenal like it's Thanks. mind-boggling to me you know it's it's almost like um where you've seen artists where they take let's say skittles right and they make like someone's face but you can't see it close up you have to be far 
far enough back and then you see it clear as a bell. But then when you get close, you're like, oh shit, these are Skittles or M&Ms or that's what, that's what that stuff looks like to me. But you're so, so talented. I might give it a try. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's very relaxing to me. It's so weird. Like, like one by one, I'm putting rhinestones on a canvas basically. And I and find is it just that glue? just just regular glue that you use. It or has, it, like it comes with glue? an adhesive on the canvas. Oh, and do you use tweezers? Yes, nice. I do. Oh, nice. Now, what if you mess up? Like with, like, can you take like, it off? And then you can just put it right back on, and it'll stay. Yep. Uh, speaking of hobbies, right? I do truly believe that have, having that hobby, it is a sense, a form of meditation. It truly is. You're you're only thinking about what's happening in front of you, theoretically, right? Yeah, um, totally. I think. I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but there is one of my favorite lines from a movie called Itumama Tam. No, no, sorry. It's, it's from, um, gosh, what's it called? The one Wait, were you just speaking movie. a different language? Yeah, I did for a second. <laughs> I, I was thinking of the wrong film, but oh, okay. it's this it's this Spike Jones film about a man that's really into orchids. And at the end of the film, this journalist says, I'm realizing now that having that one true passion whittles the world down to a more manageable size. It is. It's all my problems go away when I diamond paint. I agree. Love it. Love it. Well, I, I'm going to give it a try at some point and I have a really good teacher. So, um, listen, we're going to take a very quick break, but, uh, when we come back, we are going to have an amazing guest on, uh, you guys are going to love, 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 love her. Uh, the beautiful Brianne Davis when we come back after this. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you guys, we are back from break. Uh, we have our guest here with us right now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful Brianne Davis. Hi, my dear. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Hi, guys. Good, good. Uh, let's do a little round robin. Uh, yes. So you, can, you know, that way you can, you can know who's who. Um, my name is AJ McLean. I'm from this little band called the Backstreet Boys. You may have heard of us. Not sure. We're still We're still trying. Um, and, uh, the beautiful Cheryl Burke. Hello. I'm a stripper. Just kidding. Um, I'm a professional dancer on Dancing with the Stars for 69 years. So crazy. Um, and, uh, Mr. Rene Elizondo. Hi, Brianne. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Renee. We've been doing this. We all have one common sort of denominator. We're mm -hmm. in, uh, recovery. Awesome. So, My type of people. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's our platoon. So, yeah, we're called Pretty Messed Up, and we we speak very openly about our crash and burns and what we did to, to piece it back together one day at a time. So anytime I hear that our guest is in the 12-step program, I'm like, yes, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> so I'm so glad I've been listening. Here. To your podcast, Brianna, and I love just how open and vulnerable you are, and I think it's it's um, it's actually opened up my eyes because I'm like everything that you say about you know sex and love addiction, I'm like, oh wait a second, I'm like thinking that maybe I am a sex and love addict. That's the thing. Usually, yeah. when other twelve steppers get rid of you know the drugs, the alcohol underneath it are these core issues of fear of abandonment, fear of being alone, fear of not being totally. worthy or getting love. And that is like the underlined issue yes. we put everything on top of. And they say in my program, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, that, you know, AA is that last house on the block you want to go to. They say like slaw is the shack in the back. Like you never want to go to. It's like the last stop. <laughs> so, I mean, my husband and I are in therapy for this reason because of abandonment issues that I feel sometimes, jealousy. Yeah. And like I'm starting to feel all these feelings. I've been sober for two and a half years. I'm actually not in the 12 step, but I've been in intense therapy and mm -hmm. um, since I was four years old. But um, yeah, this is why I'm like, I totally hear you. Do you know, Brianne, it, that we what we talk about is the problem for me was piece of shitism, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that was at my core. Not that I made mistakes, but that I am a mistake, right? Yeah. And like you just said, that has a lot of tentacles, not for, for not 
not everybody turns to drugs and alcohol. You know, we have people that work themselves to the bone. We have people that shop themselves into oblivion and sex love relationships is another manifestation of these underlying, I'm not good enough, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that saying, I'm the shit. And then <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. It's like yes. those two pendulums we swing. But here's the thing, guys, society right now is amplifying falling in love, perfectionism, swipe left, swipe right, always looking for that person to fill you to love you to be your soulmate to be the one. And it's all a bunch of horseshit. And that's mm -hmm. why you know, being 11 years sober in my sex and love act addicts, you know, I did intense therapy on top of it for eight years. I went twice a week because I was using people to film mm. me. I was using yeah. a person just like an, an alcoholic uses a bottle or a drug addict uses a drug to film me and make me feel better. And when that person wasn't doing it anymore, I would string them along, discard them, then, you know, mash, want to mash three guys together to make me feel important to DM some stranger yeah. to like, you know, like all the things we do not to feel our feelings and just to like, like feel that, ugh, like I, oh, yeah. ugh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I mean, no, I, totally. And know. I feel like I was, to I was full on. Um, it was like codependency, but I don't know mm -hmm. if that's what that is. Right. No, it's codependency. It. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely. But it's also it's me. I have never thought that I would be a sex addict or love addict ever. Listen, I never thought I was a sex addict too. When my sponsor told me 11, I mean, my therapist told me 11 years ago, she goes, you're a sex and love addict. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've never had a one night stand. I've, I barely had, you know, partners. Right my whole life like if you counted it's in my book you can find out how many yeah, partners no, totally. I have. but for my age I haven't had a lot so when she was telling mm -hmm. me all these things she was like you use people to make you feel important and that is not okay so I used my boyfriend at the time to fix it to be enmeshed with me to give me joy to make me have butterflies and the moment he stopped doing that I was like I need to find somebody else I need to I need right. to like yes. I need to fill that it's interesting, you know, I, um, side note, you know, years ago, uh, a friend of mine was like, meet me at this meeting, you know, and then we'll have coffee afterwards. I went to the wrong room. I sat down and it was an, an, an it ended up being an, an SLA meeting. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, uh, but then I paused and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out and just, or not out, but just, I'm, you know, hang out and just see where this goes. By the end of that, I was like, okay, wow, that is me. Yeah. Um, you know, I was the kind of person that the minute I got, and Renee can back me up on this, the minute I got involved in a relationship, literally the first thing I would do is ask her every detail, detail, down to penis size, <laughs> everything of all the men that she dated before me so that I would have a wall up immediately to not get too attached. Yeah, self-sabotage. Yeah, so because I already knew I was a piece of shit in my mind. So yeah. whatever I can do to put up that wall to not get too close so that if I need to bail, I don't feel so bad, even though yeah. I still felt crappy after I would bail. But I would do that with every single relationship, including my now wife, but we've worked through that and I've come to a much better understanding but, but what is that like I is mean, that is that bring up what type of feelings did that bring up for you 
I mean, you know, it, it was a it was a variety of feelings because it was obviously that piece of shitism, mm -hmm. but I was also still looking for that external validation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was the kind of person that if things were going great, I need to mess them up so that I can fix them. Yeah. So I, so I think I'm going to feel better about myself in the end yeah. when really I'm just digging a deeper, deeper, deeper hole. Totally. Um, I loved my, the drama. I would just purposefully fight drama. Yeah. Yes, well, that's what society tells us. I mean, if you really think about it, they say love needs to be dramatic. They need to like, like I remember opera. seeing this yeah. first movie that really affected me. I saw Romeo and Juliet at a really young age. And I remember thinking, wow, the main guy had to have a great ass because the main character had an amazing ass. And then at the end, one or two people had to be willing to drink poison or die for it to mean true love. So we have this warped sense of what a relationship looks like, what a stable, healthy relationship looks like. Nobody talks about paying the bills, taking out, you know, the trash, picking up the dog poop. It, it's all about like, fill me, fill me, make me feel that high. And as soon as it's gone, we, especially as addicts, don't want to feel anything other than right. euphoria. Like I'm Which not interested why, like, in feeling my feelings. No, thank you. Totally. And you know, nice guys were so boring to me. And totally. speaking of <laughs> speaking of movies, I was I grew up watching Pretty Woman. Probably not the best movie. Like, but then I start to now I'm like, oh, okay. This is why I'm so in, I was so insecure. Like I recently converted my mom's VHS tapes and I saw me as a little girl and it was so surreal. Mm -hmm. And it was like I was constantly looking for validation. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Do you know, Brianne, you, what you were saying is you're 100% right. Uh, society teaches us, molds us, makes us think that if you want to be happy, you're going to need something outside of yourself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It could be the car. It could be the song that says, I will die without you. It could be the movies that, like you just mentioned, um, uh, Romeo and Juliet. It, you know, it's funny to me is that we are geared to fail at relationships we're molded to fail right we're yeah. not good enough and so i know for myself when i was not in recovery i didn't get into relationships i took people hostage oh completely Do you know what I mean? hostage right yes. and it wasn't enough for them to like me it wasn't enough for them to love me they had to worship me but the whole time i'm waiting i i would not allow myself to be in the relationship like AJ was saying, because I, I was convinced the minute you do know me, you're going to leave me. Mm -hmm. So I would end up leaving before they had a chance to leave. Right. And all that comes down to this same thing what, that we need to heal from, which is feeling like we're not good enough. You know, whether it's food addiction, whether it's drug addiction, whether it's sex, love and relationships, it's the underlying thing. I know for myself, until I was able to do the work that we're lucky enough to do to get rid of all this mythology, all this crap that kept me thinking I was a mistake. One of our sayings we love to say is, I made a mistake, I'm not a mistake. Yeah. Right? Because now today, I don't drink people like you mentioned it, right? I yeah. don't drink them anymore. If it, It's just a, a nice friendship, nice relationship, but isn't this constant trying to get them to think a certain way about me. 
it's a manipulation of people. We're always yes. trying to, for me, my addiction to sex and love wasn't about the sex. It was about control and power over somebody else because I internally felt so powerless, so out of control, especially growing up doing that why stuff we have to do, you know, look back at the why. And I talk about that a lot, like, and let it burn, like walk through the fire and let that shit burn. And that is what you have to do. And the thing is with every, all these young kids, all this like access to porn, all this desensitizing sexually, we are looking at an epidemic that is about to move in because intimacy with two people right now is so messed up in everybody's mind. And what I is that, you know, people don't even know what that is. I yeah. mean, yeah. What for, so for those of, I guess, people, I'm hoping kids are listening to this, but what yes, is the please. difference <laughs> between sex and love addiction? What is sex and love addiction? Okay. So here's how I easily explain it. Sex addiction is where you're more addicted to the act between two people. You're addicted to like the masturbation, the porn, you know, massage parlors. The sexual act is what gives you the high. Then the love side is relationships, picking that unavailable person to get them to love you so then you feel worthy. But then if they don't love you, it just amplifies your unworthiness. And it's, you know, going after unavailable people, going after um, multiple people, having multiple relationships. So it's usually people are a combination of both. And what lies on the other side of that is a fear of intimacy. You think a sex addict likes intimacy. No, it, no, they don't. They're afraid of intimacy. A love addict's afraid of intimacy because they wouldn't What's be intimacy? an unavailable person if they were available themselves. That so amazing. that's how I describe both of that's those great. things. It's yeah. interesting because myself and Renee are both fathers. We, mm -hmm. we both have girls, Ooh. Um, which is, I've I've said it's a blessing and a curse, not really a curse, but you get what I mean. Yes, because, I totally. I didn't want know, a girl. I have a boy, so I'm so happy David. I didn't yeah. get a girl. Well, <laughs> you know, my my one of my childhood best best friends. You know, the day that my that my oldest daughter was born, like literally hours after she was born, he said, "These were his exact words to me." He said, "Look, I'm really happy for you that you have a beautiful baby girl." But with a boy, you only have to worry about one penis. With a girl, you have to worry about countless. And I'm like, why would you say that to a new father three <laughs> hours after she's born? But it's, it's interesting, you know, navigating young girls. I'm just only speaking about young girls. Um, navigating in this current messed up society where... You know, everything is flawed. The way that people are perceived in a or like over romanticized way that isn't realistic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, feeling like you have to look a certain way, you have to act a certain way, you have to dress a certain way. Um, you know, my my wife and I try to do the best we can at explaining to both of my girls, you know, it, you do you. It don't don't have to be like a certain sex symbol to get the boy's attention. My oldest daughter has a crush on a boy at dance who's a, a couple years older than her. My brain is already exploding. Dance but is dangerous. It's it's hot hot danger zone for me. But <laughs> you know she's 
she's very timid and she's very loving and very nurturing. And I do believe a lot of that stems from the parents, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that leads me to what was it for you that made you realize that you have this problem, that you have this addiction? Like, was there a turning point in your life? Maybe a bottom. A bottom or what, what, what was it for you? Well, what was it for me? And it, the Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, my book starts at my bottom. And it looked like this where I was confronted with these two guys I was dating. And I didn't know, you know, that that gray area where you're like, I'm dating this person, but then I might be dating this person. I might be dating this person. So that was my moment. And that I was very young when that happened. And I realize looking at these two people that I didn't really care about both of them. But then at the same time, I loved both of them. It was the strangest totally, I feel feeling. Mm. So I thought at the time I was like, I'm just going to break up with both of them. And I thought that period of my life is over. Right. So I was younger, but when I got into my twenties and I was dating a guy and we were living together and he was like, a guy I really liked. And he, if we weren't together, I'd want to be his friend. Like I had that thing, like I loved him as much as I could love somebody. And what happened was a mentor of mine died. And two days later, I found myself on location shooting a movie, you know, where we all have those showmances or, you know, in the industry, you go someplace, you have an affair or whatever, and it's okay. They say it's okay. But I, I almost blew up my relationship over this person I just met that I didn't even like, like he was rude to waiters, you know, but I found oh, myself. I hate like, that. Right. Like you're, you're like, why am I getting turned on by this person? I don't even like, and I have this guy at home that I care about, but I'm about to blow it up. And I was sitting in my hotel room in the dark. And I said, am I going to be doing this the rest of my life? Am I going to be always looking for something outside of myself. And I called my friend, she hooked me up with her therapist and the therapist said two things. Well, she said I was a sex and love addict and I already told you guys that. But before she said that, she looked at me and she said, you wear the mask of another one of my clients. That's a high class prostitute. And I was Mm -hmm. like, she said, "You're, you're wearing a mask on top of a mask and your job is you wear masks. And I got in my car, driving down the 101, bawling my eyes out. I called my boyfriend and I said, she said, I'm a sex and love addict. And so that was the first time you heard about yes, the sex yes. and love. Oh I've my never gosh. heard about it. And I got home. He printed up all the meetings in LA and he highlighted all the ones I could go wow. to. And Beautiful. Yeah. And I stepped into the meeting that night, 730 at night in the deep valley. And there was, you know, at the horrible church fluorescent room, that's Mm -hmm. just like hell, like you don't want to be. And I didn't believe in God. So stepping (laughs) in a church was like, "Eh." so I I go in and there's 40 people, all walks of life, as you know, like a list celebrity to the janitor, like every ethnicity. And I sit down and every single person started talking and they each had a little part of my story. Mm-hmm. And I, it was my turn to say, hi, I'm Brianne. I'm a sex and love addict. And I started hysterically crying. Yeah. And I, and I have to say this, I 
wasn't crying because I was upset to be there. I was crying because the first time in my life, I didn't feel alone and I didn't feel yeah, broken. Mm -hmm. Like I always thought I was one of those person, people that could never connect, could never fully commit, didn't want to get married. And here's the last thing I, I have to say is I'm with the same man I was 11 years ago. We've been together 16 years. He didn't, I didn't go through the program and find the perfect partner. Like mm. I went through the program and found myself. And I That's can so say beautiful. to this day, he could leave me. My husband can leave me and I'm going to be okay. I would be sad, but he doesn't you, you know, me at all. You, you just all said it. Guys, you just said I it. I, I tell people, I tell people the difference today with me in a relationship is God forbid, knock on wood, my wife took a plane trip and it went down and, and, yeah. and she died. I would be devastated, devastated. But if she were to cheat on me, I would be, okay, fine. You know, like if she just, or if we there. broke up, it would be like, okay, it didn't work out. So I love that you said that. I love yeah. that you said you found yourself. Yeah. Because if you can't find yourself, you can't be in a, rela a successful relationship, no. in my opinion. And those tears that you were talking about really moved me because we've seen it. We've done it. Mm -hmm. Where you feel that you're home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That moment you feel that you're home. You're like, oh, I'm not crazy. I just need to work on certain things. Yeah. That's I just didn't a... have the tools. Yeah. And I, exactly. It really hit me. Like, I just didn't get the tools. I, my parents didn't know how to give me the tools, just like their parents didn't know how to give them totally. the tools. Exactly. And so on and so on. So it really let me let go of that shame, let go of all the people I hurt, really look at myself, look at my character defects, 22 of them. 22 <laughs> and just like like that swallow me whole and it and it's mm -hmm. just been the best thing i've ever done for myself and no one can take it away from me no one. is your husband in any kind of program at all yeah that's what i was gonna say my husband is 32 years sober in aa and wow. he is oh, wow. a decade sober in da so this is like a sober family. Like we're like the sober family. Do you know, people People don't, listening to your story, a lot of people don't understand or can appreciate the addiction of validation, oh, right? Yeah. Like people can understand, right? An alcoholic starts shaking, he needs to drink alcohol. You know, heroin mm -hmm. addict starts to go through withdrawals. But that absolute need to feel relief Mm -hmm. is as strong in in sex love and relationship that, like you were yeah. saying you were saying it wasn't like you consciously were trying to find validation from this other guy but you realize i i have the guy of my dreams mm -hmm. but yet here i am doing something that's against my own will against yeah. my own so it, it could be super addiction is addiction that's mm -hmm. the thing. And, and, and it will take you down, whether it's gambling, no matter what it is. My question for you is, how old is Davis? Oh, he's um, almost three years old. Three years old. So mm -hmm. let me ask you then, knowing what you know now, what are the things that you will make sure he gets at a young age? Make sure he understands, doesn't go down the wrong paths that our parents took us down. God bless them yeah. doing the best they could. Well, I love that you talk about, it's called like approval addiction, 
we are always looking for approval outside of ourselves. And I have to say one thing before I answer your question is there was this moment when I was getting my six month chip and I was in this meeting and a recovering heroin ad came in and he said, I can quit heroin, but I can't quit her. Mm. And when he said that, like chills went up my body and I knew that I'm going to have this the rest of my life. Like this is just in my DNA that I want to get outside of myself always. So that day I made a promise like, because a lot of sex and love addicts, you get recovery and they get in a marriage and they leave the meeting, you know, they leave mm-hmm. and they don't come back. It's really hard to get recovery in our pro this program too. It's like really, really hard, especially for women. And, um, I made a promise, like I show up, I go to nine meetings a week, guys wow. today. I go to more that's, meetings a week great. than I went when I first started. I go every morning when I'm feeding Davis before the day begins, Um, I talk to him about the meetings. We say the serenity prayer, my husband and I, to him. We talk about God in a healthy way, not an almighty, you know, way. And here's a beautiful thing that happened yesterday. I don't know if you guys got stuck watching the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, that hot dog dance. If you remember it, like, vaguely, yes, vaguely. So at the end of Mickey Mouse. Sometimes all the characters are there for the dance and sometimes there's just, you know, the main five characters. And if you're a mom, you'll understand. But he looked at me and he said, where, where's Goofy? Where's um, Clarabelle? Like he started naming all the characters that weren't there. And I looked at him and I said, not everybody's going to be invited to the party. Some days mm-hmm. people aren't going to invite you yep. to the party. Some, some days people aren't going to like you and that's okay. And that's, yeah, mm -hmm. no one taught me that. Like no no one taught me that not everybody's going to like me and I'm not always going to be invited. And I think as parents, that's the first thing I could teach my child is at a very young age. It's okay. You're not going to be invited to everything and that's okay. And then also not enmeshing with my child, not emotionally enmeshing with my child, which happened to me with my father, where he put me on a pedestal, but then he used me to emotionally fill him, mm-hmm. which is like a whole other conversation. But, <laughs> totally. but, but my son, I, I don't want him to ever fix mama. I don't mm-hmm. want my mm-hmm. son to feel responsible for my feelings. And, mm-hmm. I, and if he's upset, I allow him to cry. And I think young yes. boys, we don't allow them to have their feelings. And lots of my fellows in the program, my male fellows weren't allowed to have their feelings, were too enmeshed with their mother, saw porn way too early. So these are the things I'm really focusing on raising a son That's so and great. also to be kind and that women are equal to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. All those things, because I want to raise a son that is responsible for his emotions that don't use other people. That is his totally. person and all of and that. And vulnerability, so that's just vulnerable. <laughs> that's amazing. That's great. We're, I mean, like vulnerability in general, right? Like we're just, we, I was taught that it was a weak thing to have like don't cry don't show your you know don't show your cards and you know I come from an Asian culture my mom's Filipino and you know that alone you know it's just they they're not in she even says this when we went to therapy a few years ago it was like having to express feelings or just learning how to hug somebody instead of a good old pat like you know you want to feel and I would always gravitate towards like my friend's moms because I wanted that like Maternal. Mom, that was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm learning, like I'm, and I'm just learning this now, and I'm thirty, almost thirty-seven years old. So, 
Yeah, my mom wasn't maternal either. Like she did wasn't a maternal. She was very hard. So I became very mm-hmm. hard. Sorry, AJ, you were talking. I cut you off. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 Sorry. no, no, please. No, like a lot of people, I think, find it interesting that, you know, uh, when I say that I'm a I'm an insecure person and yet I do what I do for a living. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. We've seen you on stage. We see how you are. You're great with people. How does that make sense? But again, it goes back to, you know, for me, didn't have a father figure. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I grew up with my mom and my grandparents. I grew up in musical theater. I was surrounded by predominantly women and gay men. Like that's what I was surrounded with my entire life growing up. Excuse me. So I would, you know, I automatically growing up, put women up on a pedestal Pedestals. Mm-hmm. and like that was, that was just the kind of person that I was. And I still respect women to the utmost. Um, and any man friend of mine that is the opposite and treats women poorly, they're no longer part of my life. That is, that's just gross to me, especially being a father with two girls, you know, my dad eyes are always watching, you know, how, how boys treat my girls and just, just in general, you know, but I think it's great the way that you are approaching raising your son, because I, I know that Renee does the same thing with his daughter as I do with my two daughters, you know, and it's, it is very important, you know, because if you can't start by loving yourself first, Mm -hmm. um, and you as a parent can learn to separate a little bit and allow your child to kind of come into their own and not manipulate the situation and not talk down to them, but talk on their level, make yourself approachable. I think that's very important, yeah. in, especially in, in like today's standards, you know, a lot, I've, cause I've seen a lot of parents at my daughter's dance school or at my daughter's school and just the interaction, there's such a detachment um, and where I'm the opposite. Like I'm trying to be as relatable with my kids as possible. Um, you know, whether it's watching every princess movie ever made or, you know, uh, being just supportive. If my daughter wants to be a singer or be a dancer or be a vet, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm going to be there to be very supportive. Do you know, I think that, um, uh, Brian, you, you mentioned the society we're, we're living in now. And Mm -hmm. I truly honest to God believe that this young generation has the deck stacked against them with, with social media, with the likes, with the followers, with where, where like they become obsessed with that. And I can't help but think, Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. Can you you imagine if we had that? I would have been a maniac. Like I would have been out of control in today. But here's the beautiful thing. I have to say this. 11 years ago when I got in the program, I was the youngest person. Now I have, there's 19 year olds. There's 20 year olds coming in because they're hitting a wall faster. They're seeing that they are so disconnected from each other. And that is what gives me hope because more and more young people are coming in and saying, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I keep picking this person or I'm feeling like suicidal and I'm so depressed and, you know, and, and they're really stepping into trying to figure it out faster than our generation is well, how look at, I Look feel. at what's happening right now with this pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's stuck at home. So it's kind of one side of the coin or the other. Either people are 
now having to look inward and realizing, oh shit, maybe there there's something here that needs to be looked at, that needs to be taken care of, or others are just getting into the bad well, things. I, I and mean, all this I also stuff think that, that our generation know. has been very open, like lately, especially yeah. about mental health. I think the awareness has been more of a something that is allowed to talk about like you're not really trying to cover it or feeling shame shameful because of a certain feeling you may have you've got people like Brene Brown and all these people you know openly studying just about vulnerability in itself you know and like it's cool now to meditate yeah you know, it's becoming it more wasn't. mainstream yeah to mm-hmm. be into some form of um recovery spiritual or yeah. the spiritual path we we joke here Brian. we say we're we're either on the spiritual path or the psychopath. Totally. You know? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and anyone in 12 steps knows that. <laughs> yeah. So we have to do everything we can. You know, with my daughter, she loves to draw. Mm-hmm. And um, and we we let her have an Instagram. She's only nine. And maybe I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. But we let her have an Instagram. She's not allowed to show her face. She's only allowed to show her art. Mm-hmm. Right? But I can see that... Um, if we have to be very careful to make sure that she understands she's lovable with or without even her art, right? And, and I was a slow learner. I went to lots of rehabs and the one thing everyone in rehab had in common, I was fortunate enough to go to the she, she ones, right? So I would meet people from around the world from very affluent, uh, families and they all had the same thing in common. They never felt loved. Yeah. They never felt they were worthy. They would tell me stories. Oh, yeah, my my dad would uh, uh, get me a brand new Mercedes for my birthday, but my mom and dad were in the Swiss Alps skiing on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that starts to that starts to ingrain that thought in you that like I'm not good enough for their time. And I think that's important as a parent. I mean, yes, making time for your children, but here's the really like line that I've been studying and why I came out as a sex and love addict. Like I never wanted to come out. I never wanted to write a book. I never, why would I put myself out there? But I hit 10 years of recovery and I was like, oh my God, all these people need help, especially women. Cause women, there's Mm -hmm. like more shame about being a sex and love addict. I, I feel, or I see, but one of them is for the younger generation. I had so many younger generations reaching out to me and saying, you know, my parents aren't there. But then I also saw where your parent, you're too enmeshed also in your child's life. When you don't have your own sense of self as a parent, where you lose yourself in your children, that is very dangerous. It's very dangerous, especially, you know, for dads and daughter relationship for, you know, mothers and sons that can really mess up a child because when you mm-hmm. become your parents, everything, they're not their own individual anymore. Is it the and same with uh, dogs? Cause I feel like I'm like that with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's different. It's, just, it's different. It's, it's you can do that with your dog. My therapist said I can hug my dog and be obsessed with him as much as I okay. want. I'm just not allowed to do that with my son. That's totally. what we're yeah. fortunate, right? We're very fortunate to be in a program that has given us the tools to love ourselves and in turn not have to live vicariously through our kids, yeah. right? Or impo- or maybe I'm suffering from perfectionism because of low self-esteem, mm-hmm. and then I try to impose that onto the kids, right? You need to be perfect. 
And then all of a sudden, I'm now fostering the same, you know, group of character defects that my parents passed along to me. Right? Yeah, That's but I always I, say that perfectionism, who defines perfect? Yeah. What is so yeah, that really helps happening. me be like, just because it's something in me feels like it needs to be perfect. Doesn't mean it's my son's perfect, my husband's perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So that really helps me let go of like my own perfectionism. hundred percent. Right. Yep. But the one thing that really has helped my husband and I being both sober and very active in our recovery and therapy and all that stuff is when we have a solid relationship and we show love to each other and it and he gets to watch that healthy relationship is i feel i can literally look over at him and his face there's like this pure innocence and he's seeing his parents love each other and i never saw that instead yeah. i was like in school trying to get people to like me young you know getting those likes I think if we model what a healthy relationship is for our kid, hopefully we won't mess them up as much as we were messed up. But hey, so I'm right. human. I'm flawed. Yeah. I'm an addict. Yeah. I'm Everybody sure I'll do something, do something to mess wouldn't, up my we wouldn't child. Be here. We <laughs> no. wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all of that, right? Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no, so totally. Really, really quickly, Brianne, tell, tell people what you want them to know about both your book and your podcast. Just let people know what you want them to know okay. about them. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so I just wrote a book at Hit Bestseller on oh, Amazon. Yeah, in the first wow. weekend, which was insane. That's amazing. Yeah, because it awesome. just came out, right? Yeah, it just came out. And I never wanted to write a book. Like I said, I have ADHD. I'm dyslexic, like not interested. I'm an actor. Give me the lines and I'll say them. But I just had this overwhelming thing, feeling I had to share sex and love addiction with the world that wasn't clinical, that wasn't academic. So I wrote this book. My husband forced me, let's just say he like kept pushing <laughs> me to do it. And I wanted to entertain people and take them on this journey with this character, Roxanne, that's based on my life and the first year of recovery, why she's a Hollywood actress. And we get to see that she finds these 10 rules that she learns to live by in her first year of recovery and sex and love addiction. And I wanted to entertain people, but also educate them on this disease. And then with the podcast, it's called Secret Life. I go on and my whole tagline is tell me your secrets, I'll tell you mine. And people come on, well-known people to mm -hmm. anonymous. They tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. We had a woman Olivia come on. Olivia Munn, right? What? Olivia Munn was on. Yeah, Olivia was just on. Jana Kramer is on. I have a lot of people coming on. But then I have, you know, a stranger from New York that reached out to me. She shot herself in a sh with a shotgun because she mm -hmm. couldn't reach her perfectionism. And she survived. And she took mm -hmm. me through the whole thing. Or using abortions as birth control, eating disorders for men, you know, going and being in a sale asylum because you're about to kill yourself. We have all walks of life from every kind of secret you can imagine. We've just released our 36th episode and we have 89 episodes still already recorded. So my oh, whole my point gosh. is to be of service right now, to be of service mm -hmm. outside myself. It's not about me. It's not about my guests. It's about the people that have, that are the voiceless, right? That are still suffering, that feel like they're alone. Or um, that just don't know. Like, honestly, you've, I've, I've, you've just ed educated me so much about love and sex addiction. And just to bring awareness, um, it takes a lot of strength. So thank you for your work. And yes. I want to say, I do want to say, if you are suffering out there, this is really important to me. There's 40 questions online. Go in Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. 
uh, self-diagnose 40 questions. And if they say, if you get more than five yeses, you might have this problem. And that really helps me and helps other people, you know, see if they have this disease. Well, I was going to say that in, we are living in a nutty time. Oh, yeah. We can all agree, right? Uh, that never in my wildest dreams did I think we would be locked down and what we're, we're experiencing. And you're absolutely right. It's kind of in terms of mental health problems, mm -hmm. this time is kind of a super spreader, right? It's kind of like really bringing it to the foreground with a lot of people. So I want to thank you for um. being out there uh with this because it is you're absolutely right there's a stigma but that stigma will go away the more of us that mm -hmm. continue to talk about these things sometimes people say to us you know uh wow you guys are so open about your disasters and it's like well but we're here and uh, we live to tell about it and maybe hoping to share what we're doing will help you and it's amazing how many people through instagram social media have reached out and said they, they're now giving sobriety a shot, you know, and oh, I love that. We, we can't change the world altogether. But in a in our small way, all of us, by doing things like this, we're actually bringing a little bit of light to this nutty time. There's, you know a, there's I mean? a really good ripple effect. A little yeah, bit that's goes a said. long way. It so, does. Yes. So honest to God, thank you so much. Thank you. For thank you so much on the show. Um, Definitely going to start doing a little bit more inner work after this on myself. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take that quiz. Yes, Please let me well. know. Let I me know your well. number. I'm pretty oh, sure I already know I'm going to be at least 18. But, you know. <laughs> hey, I'll tell be. you my number. It's in the book, but I'm going to reveal it right now. I got okay. 38 out of 40. So I'm wow. sure it's maybe one of you will get close to that. <laughs> I'm going to say probably me. But, yeah. I'll definitely let you know if that's the case for sure. Okay. okay thank um, thank you, Brian, yes, so thank much. Thank you so much for coming on the congratulations show. Congratulations on everything. Thank you. Yes, congratulations. Bye, you guys. Can we, get, can we get your book on Audible? Yeah. Well, we're doing okay. the Audible right now. So oh, it will probably I was looking be out for it. A couple, so. <laughs> a couple of weeks. But yeah. Okay, okay. okay cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Bye. you, darling. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. She's awesome. That was she's so cool. she's great. Wow, you guys! It's crazy. Though. I kept saying I wanted to say a joke, and I said, "Don't say." We should it. have Don't taken the Thank quiz God before I, we had her on. Thank God I didn't say the joke. Which Maybe. joke? What was the joke? The joke is, uh, do you know what they do? You know what they say in Masturbators Anonymous? What? Just let go. Oh, <laughs> oh that would have. That's actually, Were you going to open the show with that? That's <laughs> pretty. That's actually clever. But, um, she probably would find it funny though. Yeah, I mean, you know. Well, all right, you guys. I definitely, on behalf of all of us, want to thank our guest, Brianne Davis. Um, we all are going to take that test. We yes. urge everyone out there that may be curious or wondering if you are a sex and love addict, you should take, take it with the us. test and uh, email us. Let us know what your results are. Let us know. And, um, you know, if you are, uh, you obviously know that, that there is a, a safe place to go get help and uh, to reach out to our, or, you know, go to the website for sex, love, sex and love addiction and uh, reach out. So, uh, I'm curious to see if all three of us, where we're at, what that number is. I mean, I could just tell you I am right now. I'll just tell, I'll just give it, give it away. But I want to know the actual number out of the 40 questions. Cheryl is saying she could have written the test. I'm going to get like 45 out of 40. You're like, wait a second. Was there extra credit? Yeah. Yes. I'm 41. Thank you very much. That's awesome. That was awesome. I I really enjoyed that. that. Was, yeah, she is very. You could tell like she's knowledgeable. She's so educated. And let me like, tell you, she's, for an attractive woman in Hollywood to put herself out there as and uh, an actor. Yeah, because this look. Let's be honest. Hollywood is a sort of cesspool for mm-hmm. debauchery and all addictions and everything. And for her to put herself out there like this is is very brave. It's yeah. very brave. Did you read her article from the Huffington Post? That was like that was really intense. It like it affected me almost. Wow. It almost affected me. It almost affected <laughs> you. It did but really. since I am a love addict, I wonder I wonder one thing. Why does it have to be under the same roof? 
Like, why can't it be two separate? Because, like, for me, that was two separate things, sex addict and love addict. Well, they come from the same place. It's still dealing with people. Yeah. You know, that people are the drug or is the drug or... Or is it proper English? Is is you is so is you ain't my baby? But no, it's yeah. I mean, it's it it's all cut from the same cloth. You know, I mean, but like she did say, you know, addiction's addiction. You know, I mean, it is it is that umbrella where it it just all falls into the same different manifestations. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have my therapist take this. You replace, you know, if you're in OA, you replace food you know, booze with food. And if you're in AA, you, you know, or SLA, whatever it is. Can someone, can someone be addicted to boy bands? Yeah. They have boy band anonymous. Yeah. It's BBA. Oh, <laughs> uh, BBA. Backstreet yeah. Boys anonymous. Backstreet AJ, Boys anonymous. on the next podcast, you got to tell the story about your neighbor over there near Griffith's Park. Oh yeah. Park. No. Yeah. On the, so on the, uh, on the uh, next show, I'm going to, I'm, uh, Without naming names, I'm going to get some revenge on my previous neighbor when I lived in Hollywood. Oh, no. uh, Who was an absolute nightmare. Um, I didn't know the story. He told it to me the other day. Yeah, I'll save it for for, for next week. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, you can't make this shit up. I promise you that. There's going to be lots of reveals next week. So tune in. Tune in. in. Tune in. in Uh, Thank you guys uh, for for hitting that. We're going golfing, guys. We're going to go golfing. You got to announce that. We are going golfing. Holy crap. We're going to film it. You guys will get to see Share Bear's golf swing. Something tells me she's going to, A, she's going to hit the ball really well, and B, she's going to get hooked. Like immediately. I'm, no, I'm telling you, I'm going to airball it. I don't even know if that's such a thing in golf, but like I'm going to miss the golf ball. I just know it. They call that wafting. Like you just oh, kind of That sounds like queefing. That's really whiffing, weird. Whiffing, yeah. wafting. It's the same thing. Um, make sure you guys go hit that subscribe button and thank you for giving us five stars. And uh, thank you guys as always for tuning in on iHeartRadio. This is pretty messed up. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Follow Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all 
gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.